And so we go from a pit stop, a championship winning pit stop sounding like that, to the new pit stop sounding like this. We've got a lot to talk about today, so let's get started on the Pace Car Podcast. Let's go. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Pace Car Podcast, only on TCG Podcast, and brought to you by the Combustion Gamer YouTube channel. Alrighty guys, so, as you could hear, a huge difference between the pit stops that we all know and love, and also a huge difference between the new pit stops that are coming. So, we got the spec sheet, we got the few things I want to talk about in the next gen car, but first, we got some news that we need to go over here very quickly quickly that uh, I'm very interested in so here what here's what we got so Mike Common we all saw uh, taking his Xfinity cars to Rockingham to uh, test his Xfinity cars I'm not sure if it's a test or more of just like an outing I, I would say it's more of an outing just knowing the Mike Common team but oh well so they got handed a L2 penalty for violating the vehicle testing policy Harmon was driving his uh, 74 car at Rockingham earlier um, on, and then the team has been hit with 75 owner points, 75 driver championship points, and also uh, $50,000 fine to Ryan Bell, who is the crew chief, along with him being suspended for six different events uh, beginning in 2022. Uh, now, by the way, if any of the NASCAR gurus had been paying attention, they would have noticed that uh, both of the cars were older Xfinity cars. Like, if you just look at the one, my common car that is there, it's got a Challenger rear end. It's not like it's a brand new Chevy Camaro that's going to go racing. But, you know, uh, well, uh, all of us who just look at this are dumb or idiots. And Mike Common's also an idiot, apparently, as well, because uh, you just can't go test your own car. And by the way, guys, that is one other issue. You can't test your own car. Um, by the way, I think I've had this issue multiple times with multiple things, which I'll talk about right here. So, many people don't like Kyle Busch driving his own trucks in the truck series. Uh, it's his team, it's his trucks, he gets to drive it. Now, does he get to drive it all the season long and ruin everyone else's career? No, there's rules in place that prevent that, but still... It is his truck. He gets to drive whenever he wants to. Sorry. This is also my Common's cars that he took to Rockingham. And by the way, Rockingham is not on the schedule. As far as I know, anywhere near the X-Mandy schedule, it's not on. So I don't know how on earth he'd be able to like improve equipment just by driving his cars in Rockingham. But yeah, he decided to go take his cars to Rockingham. It's his cars. So... There you go. So, a little property law there. His stuff, he gets to use it the way he wants to. Sorry, NASCAR. It ain't your car. It's his. So, that's that's my little simple thing right there. But, also, 
simply knowing that it's older equipment, also knowing that the track isn't even on the schedule. By the way, thanks for NASCAR Report, who you can follow on Instagram for doing these quick little stories to keep uh, all of us updated on that. Yeah, it's very irritating. It's very irritating to see that. Um, also, you got the little Kyle Busch thing still going on as well. That's also irritating as well. NASCAR's getting very, 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 very nitpicky. And by the way, guys, so a lot of people were saying, oh, we're leaving NASCAR because of the next gen. No. It, it, by the way, guys, this is bummer. If I stop watching NASCAR, it's going to be, dude, it's all garbage like this. This is garbage. I hate it. I, I, I hate it. I hate it, I hate it, I hate it. I don't like it. It's like, you're just being nitpicky. That's all you're doing. You're not, there isn't a rule because it, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. I don't really care about what this rule is. It's dumb at this point. You need to amend it so that the drivers and the teams that own the cars can drive their own cars. It's their cars. It's not NASCAR's cars. It's their cars. And if they choose in the off season to go drive at a track that's not even on the schedule, that's up to them. So, there you go. That is my two cents on the issue. But, Mike Common Racing also gave uh, this statement. Uh, today, we were notified by NASCAR that they handed out sanctions against uh, Mike Common Racing, Crew Chief Ryan Bell, and the use of the 74 car, an exhibition charity event, so charity event at Rockingham. This was not, this was not an intentional attempt to circumvent circumvent the rules that NASCAR has in place to ensure the integrity of the sport. In the over four decades of being in motorsports, I'm shocked at the penalties that were imposed on our team. We will be appealing NASCAR's ruling as we are dedicated to the Xfinity Series, our great partners, fans, and our supporters. The boss man, Mike Harmon. So that's his little statement right there. And I encourage you to go follow them on Instagram. Definitely a uh, fun team to watch. Not not the uh, highest level Xfinity team. Definitely a lower tier uh, team that's trying to get sponsorship, trying to get equipment, working pretty hard on um, with what they got to be competitive in the series. And yeah, I don't see how driving two of his cars at a charity event. By by the way, these events happen uh, quite often at Rockingham. There you are, so you can get pictures and drive time in your old NASCARs and your newer NASCARs and your uh, regular street cars on the Rockingham surface and the Rockingham road course so that the money that you pay to be able to enter can go to the renovation of Rockingham. So, NASCAR, shut the lip. Thine lip and thy eyes need to be closed because thou keep spewing forth garbage like this. I did not like thee. So, yeah, that got me kind of fired up. So, let's go on to the next section, which is what we are. This whole episode was supposed to be, which is the next gen car. But yeah, guys, go ahead and go over to my common uh, racing, show them some, some support, and yeah, NASCAR needs to stop being dumb. So yeah, you and go let NASCAR know that they need to stop being dumb because they really need to because this is not gonna help them. And yeah, I'm. If they keep doing little petty stuff like this, this is the stuff that makes me go, no. It's like, no. No, 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 no. We, we're not doing this. We're not doing this garbage. So, anyways, guys, go and let them know what you think. I definitely have. And uh, now let's go on to the fun part of this episode. Alrighty, guys. So, we have a next, a new 
type of card coming up this season that we're going to be seeing premiering at the duels and also at the Daytona 500. I'm not even going to mention whatever that thing is that's happening in California because it's sad. It's very sad. But anyways, we have got cool stuff going on. We've got the next-gen cars. Let's go over some of the uh, new stat sheets that we have. So the body. What is the body doing? Well, luckily we move over to a composite symmetric body featuring integral flap systems, camera mounts, and manufacturer-specific design elements, which hopefully one day will hold Dodge. But we will have to see. We will have to see. Under wings. So we have under wings now with four carbon under trays with center-stepped splitters and rear diffusers. Very, very nice. Supposedly, sp supposed to help with dirty air. So we'll see if that actually works out. Uh, the chassis is steel tubing with bolt on front and rear clips and front rear bumpers. Now, by the way, I don't know if that has changed. So I don't know if we've changed like the steel tubing uh, bolt on front and rear. Uh, uh, supposedly, they did change the front and rear clips when dealing with uh, crash test stuff. So I'm not sure if that's changed, but uh, that is what we got. <clears throat> we also have a five-speed manual sequential with ramp and plate differential transaxle. Say that fast. It does not work. So, uh, obviously, transaxle, that's a bit different than your regular transmission. And a five-speed to boot. So, that's going to be interesting to see. Definitely helpful at road courses to have an extra gear in there. <clears throat> we also have the suspension front and rear double wishbone billet aluminum control arms with adjustable coil over shock absorbers. Sounds pretty good. We also have steering rack and pinion which can be good and also can not be good. Uh, you never know. Uh, so that's interesting. So that's supposed to be getting you closer to the cause of today. So there you go. That's what's going on with that. And uh, haven't, they've had some issues with that. Supposedly they got it fixed, but we'll talk about that here in a second. We also have the wheels, which are now 18 by 12 forged aluminums. And they look very good. Definitely look more like a actual... Uh, wheel that you'd see on a car, which is very cool. Brakes, we get some six-piston monoblock front calipers. We also get four-piston monoblock rear calipers. Heavy-duty and light-duty disc packages can be applied, so that should be interesting. Uh, the, freak, the front brake rotors are 15, and the rear brake rotors are 14. Engine displacement is 358 cubic inches. Very beautiful. And the induction system is naturally aspirated combustion. Well, there you go. I'm all about combustion engines. That's They sound good, and they look good, and everything. Fuel system, fuel injection. We got the dry sump uh, oil system. Uh, horsepower will be changed by the different... Uh, yeah, by the, the different um, packages. You also have the air exits radiator through hood louvers. Now, that is supposed to help with uh, the overall uh, temp of the engine along with the temp inside of the cabin because you have that engine up there running hot and that's going back towards the driver. So, having that extra cooling around that whole thing with the louvers should definitely help along with being an aerodynamic advantage as well. <clears throat> you also have split side exit exhaust. So, those have been edited as well but uh, definitely make a very interesting sound we have the new fuel cell which has 20 gallons of sunoco green e15 
15. So that's all the general stuff. So the vendors we got is Aerotech Laboratories Incorporated, AP Racing Limited, Bold, Spot, Sports Energy Management, BBS of America, uh, Fiberworks Composites, Five Star Car Bodies and Doors, Hypercool, Goodyear, Kirky Racing Fabrication, McLaren Honest, USA Incorporated, Pro Fabrication, PWR North America, RCR Manufacturing, Roush Advanced Composites, uh, Roush Yates Manufacturing Solutions, Schultz Engineers Products, Noco Technique Chassis, Thermal Control Products, Tilton Engineering Inc. Incorporated, Vista Precision LLC, Woodward Machine Corporation, and Extract Incorporated, to name a few of uh, the different manufacturers of the different parts of the next gen car. So the next gen car uh, was out, was testing at Charlotte. So we got to see a lot of different drivers being able to talk back and forth about the car, and uh, so a lot of the issues that had popped up in previous tests seem to have been fixed so as I look here for the specific article that I'm talking about let me talk about some things that went on so obviously we had a uh, aforementioned crash dummy who apparently died is what the some of the some of the reports are so whether the, he actually died or whether he was just dead already we don't know but we usually a crash dummy is already dead, so I'd, I would assume that he never did die. But that's my own opinion right there. So, what we do know is that uh, they changed the front rear clips, and then uh, also, f and that was for the re most recent shutter test that they'd done that before. And you had, um, obviously, Austin Dillon get into a very severe wreck with that, and had a bit of an issue. Uh, with his car but seems to have been able to come out of it without uh, any injuries or hurt that we know of also they were able to take that car back in about eight hours and were able to fix it uh, fairly quickly so that was definitely nice to see how fast they could actually fix the cars so definitely nice to see that's an, a good investment for the team to be able to quickly fix and get a car back out on track so that's definitely nice to see for a smaller team that might be starting up etc so that's definitely good to see as well uh, another issue was the heating so obviously the cabin was heating up to uh, a lot harder than normal now obviously the test did take place with about 20 degree cooler weather so we can't really tell too much I'd say so once we get into the heat of racing during the season I think we'll be able to tell and the drivers will definitely be able to tell a lot better how the heating is going but the basic point is they sh said that they were able to get it fixed so we'll see how that works obviously they added um, brand new air inlets and outlets in the rear and the back along with moving the exhaust system uh, closer to the front fender rather than going the length of the car underneath the driver and I think that will definitely help out overall definitely all that heat traveling around is definitely not going to help the driver in the end so we'll see how that works but it sounds like uh, that has been fixed uh, another big issue with the Roval and even with some of the earlier tests at Daytona and etc you had the steering issue where the steering would have like dead zones where you couldn't really feel what it was doing or it would just feel loose or like it was falling apart so multiple issues going on with the steering definitely was not fun for the drivers to drive it doesn't sound like so that was an issue so it sounds like for the rover at least they have totally gotten that fixed 
and most of the drivers said that they hadn't felt it as bad on the ovals so not to say that it's not there on the ovals but that it's better so we don't totally know whether it's gone or not but it sounds like uh, the issue has been made somewhat better so that that that's definitely good definitely a big issue uh, with steering as I go into some gaming expertise here you definitely want to know what your car is doing and if you have the weird dead zones in the steering or it feels like it's about to fall apart that's not a good thing and with certain NASCAR 21 game if the car decides to turn by itself to the left or to the right without any input from the driver that can be very scary so steering is very important to be confident in and uh, so that's definitely good from a driver's standpoint whether gaming or otherwise it is very good to know what your car is doing at all times so definitely definitely a pe good peace of mind uh, for the drivers to have a little bit more confidence in the steering system also uh, the other issue that had popped up that uh, is interesting hasn't been really fixed or talked about that much but two drivers uh, that uh, I've listened to sounds very interesting so obviously Tony Stewart uh, tested the car at uh, Bowman Stadium and he had an issue where the car he said when the car goes around it just goes that was basically what he said just when the car spins it goes the rear tires just come out and you go you just you're just spinning you can't there's no warning there's no feel it's just it's spinning and uh, also we had a second to that as Alex Bowman also talked about that in the most recent test where you can't feel what the car is doing it just suddenly the car is spinning and you, there's no there's no lead up there's no warning it's just the car spins now obviously with like uh, NASCAR Heat 5 and even with like uh, games like F1 so I'm getting some gaming experience here uh, with the force feedback from the controller you can usually feel when your car is about to spin out or is loose because the force feedback is kind of telling you uh, that the car is uh, wheel hopping in the back or sliding up the track and you're able to do some input to be able to get the car corrected now obviously both Tony Stewart and Alex Bowman they're saying there is no force feedback coming from the car when this happens so the butt dyno is not picking up anything coming from the car so that is that's interesting so obviously uh, I think Dale Jr. was talking about the different tires that are on it how wide they are um, also the si amount of sidewall that's on these tires and that's definitely one issue uh, that I think that could definitely be looked at and, if, and also it also depends on what tire is being used the day of uh, we've seen it twice now so if it's a different tire being used each time but it's the same uh, width and height dimensions and sidewall dimensions then that could be a fairly serious issue going into next season so it's going to be interesting to see how that all plays out but it definitely sounds like for most of the drivers and definitely from watching the video it's going to be a bit of a spin fest at intermediates and even possibly at Daytona or Talladega which we don't really want to see but we'll, uh, I'll see what happens so it's going to be interesting I'm interested in seeing what happens with that and what um, the engineers and Goodyear and um, the other people that work with tires and wheels and stuff what they do with that but I definitely think that sounds like that's a bit of a uh, safety issue that kind of needs to be worked on and also we saw it short tracks I mean short tracks I mean any, actually any track we could see this at happen multiple times so 
obviously Tony Stewart, you had Denny Hamlin, you've had Bubba Wallace, you've had uh, a bunch of different drivers, including Alex Bowman, uh, William Byron, and Kyle Lawson, I believe that I've seen, and uh, maybe more, and I don't know how Austin Dillon got into his wreck. It sounds like a, about the same thing, so multiple incidents where it sounds like the drivers aren't really feeding what's happening to the car. So that's definitely a concerning issue and definitely sounds like some tire compounds and tire design might need to be redone at some point. So that's interesting. That was interesting hearing from both those drivers that 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 you just don't feel anything. It's just it that that is interesting because I know that uh, with like the NASCAR 21 edition game that's definitely an issue that everyone's had, including myself, where with, even with the force feedback that we do have, which is mostly just you hit a wall and then you feel it, um, you really need to be able to feel what the car is doing and you can't. And so that's definitely an issue with being able to drive the car properly because you can't feel what the car is doing. And so the only way you know what the car is doing is by sight and, and see and some feel but there's very little feel to be able to go on so that's interesting that is very very interesting to hear and I think that's one thing that you're going to hear about this car uh, from a lot of drivers and a lot of people th talking about it is that it's it's interesting it's all right we're not gonna say that it's totally cool or that it's awesome but it's it's interesting and we're gonna be uh, watching it <laughs> Another thing about the next-gen car, which I think you've uh, probably heard Eric Estep talk about, and uh, you're also going to hear me talk about here in just a minute, is uh, you have the new bodies. The new bodies, they look good. They look really good with um, the manufacturer's designs on there, whether Toyota, Ford, or um, Chevy. And they look good. They look really, really good. And uh, being the composite, that's good, because that should give us a little more bang banging and a little bending and banging fender action so that should be good but the paint schemes um, Erica Stepp says this stuff a lot better I definitely encourage you to go watch his video on these issues but yeah the paint schemes are bad they're not good you see the with all the fenders and stuff all the the, the logos getting warped the the numbers getting slid way too far forward it looks it doesn't look good and by the way that's going to be an issue for the majority of this next season is people will be talking about those numbers so don't think that's going away that's going to come up a lot more there's going to still be the trolling there's still going to be the comments people are going to be talking to the teams about the numbers because yeah the numbers are too far forward they're too they're way too far forward now by the way I went back where they were that's my own personal opinion. That's where I think they should be, but that's me. Now, by the way, I am willing to say, okay, so you see where they are. They're up there by their front fender. The the first number, if it's a double digit, or the one uh, number, if it's a single digit, that number's up there by like the, the front window, the very edge of the beginning of the window, and it's up there. It doesn't look symmetrical. If you bring it back, if you bring that number farther back, just a little bit, like so that it's square with the window and then especially if it's a slant if it's a number that slants backwards you can make it really look good with the overall shape of the car you can really can and then you have a little bit of space right there for some added sponsorship just little, some little guys wouldn't be any big guys and you would still have about the same amount of space 
on that back panel and on the side that you have now. Now I understand to some degree why they needed to do uh, the new slide forward to some extent, which is the new the new rear bumpers and fenders and stuff are they're smaller. They're not as wide and they're not as long as they were. So obviously that's going to bend and warp and not give as much space for the sponsor logos as uh, this current gen of NASCAR did. And so I get it. I do, but I don't. Because most of the paint schemes I've seen have not looked good. They haven't looked good. So obviously I think Eric Stepp pointed out the Wood Brothers car and yeah, that one that one's bad. That one's an empty, an empty plate, which is uh, not fun at all. And so, that definitely needs to be worked on. And uh, yeah, that's not fun. You also have Kevin Harvick's car, and that one actually looks pretty good. I think the number needs to slide back just a little bit, but it looks pretty good. I mean, it looks pretty good. Definitely with the Ford Mustang, it definitely helps out. Um, but uh, yeah, it needs that number needs to be slid back as well. Just in just in general, I think they do. So, but definitely, all of these teams need people t that can integrate the sponsors and integrate the scheme a lot better, so that this doesn't seem to be all this empty space. You definitely see that with the 21 car, and there's definitely a lot with that D Watt car as well. Uh, now, I think my favorite of these cars so far has probably been the new Roush Fenway cars and Richard Petty. Now, that's in general because those are some of my favorite teams to watch, but I think that those teams have done a fairly good job. I think, like, with the 17, the number 17 is too far forward. The Richard Petty car seems to look a little bit better as well, but also... The scheme, the scheme isn't, yeah, the scheme is able to work better with the overall design, so it looks just a little bit better, but yeah, paint schemes and the numbers, that's going to be an issue going into this next season, and I'm certainly going to have some problems with it, and uh, I think I've said in the past that I'm probably not going to be buying next-gen car merch, like shirts or hats that have it on. And I'm probably not going to be buying many diecasts. If I buy any diecasts, I'm going to be very, 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 very selective in my diecast buying. Just because, um, one, is like I'm not a fan of the new number placement. But two, the paint schemes have got to look good. If the paint schemes don't look good, I don't really want the car. So that's kind of how my mentality is going to work. And it's going to be interesting. So I'm not saying that I'm not going to buy any of the diecasts. But I am saying that... I'm going to greatly, greatly limit, greatly pick and choose what diecast I do get. So, yeah, I'm not not not, not the biggest fan here, but um, I can see some potential if they move the numbers a little farther back than they are now. So we'll see what they do, but yeah, currently it doesn't look that good. Alrighty guys, thanks for listening to the Pace Car Podcast, presented by TCG Podcast and the Combustion Gamer YouTube channel. Hopefully you enjoyed today's podcast, and don't forget to stop by and listen next time as we got more stuff to talk about with NASCAR as NASCAR news continues to come out. Make sure you go and support Mark Harmon Racing, and make sure to tell NASCAR what you think about stupid penalties such as those. So, thanks guys for listening, and I'll see you here next time on 
actually I'll be speaking to you next time here on the Pace Car Podcast and make sure to check me out on the Combustion Gamer YouTube channel. Thanks guys for listening. Bye bye.